Acts chapter number three. I'm just getting it right in the preaching, all right? Acts chapter three. <clears throat> and uh, we, are, we are studying through the book of Acts, and I uh, hope that you've enjoyed this series that we're going through. We've been looking the last several weeks at a healthy church. And what makes a healthy church? And the reality is this, the church is not the walls, is not this building. The church is you and I. It's us. And so as we're looking through this book of Acts and we're studying what the healthy church is, what we're really looking and asking is this, are you and I healthy? Are we healthy Christians? Look with me, if you would, in verse number 11 of chapter 3. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. What we find last week we looked at, Peter and John came to the temple to pray. And as they were coming to the temple to pray, there was a, a, a lame man there, someone that couldn't walk, laying there at the gate beautiful. And as they walked through, they, he was begging for money. And in those days, there, there wasn't a, a, a government that would uh, help them or a welfare system. You, you, if you didn't work, you didn't have money. If your family couldn't afford to support you, then you had to beg. And so the family would take this man every day and set him there at this gate. And as the people came through that gate, he'd beg for money and they would give him money. And that's how he made his living or he paid the things that he needed to pay for. He ate this way. Peter and John, to, to the apostles, are coming through this gate beautiful to come to the temple to pray. And they, they look and, and, and they take note that there's someone there that's begging for money. And Peter says to this man, I don't have any silver and I, I don't have any gold, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. And, and that's Jesus Christ. And, and the story then goes on to say that this lame man was healed. And Peter, through the power of God, healed, healed this man. He began to walk. And, and so we come to verse number 11. And this man is, is, is healed. He held on to Peter. And, and, and think about that that he's, he hasn't walked, and now all of a sudden, he can run, he can jump. He's holding them, he's hugging them. He, he, you wouldn't want to get away from Peter and John, who just changed your life either. And that's the situation that we find this lame man in. In verse number 12, and when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why look ye so earnestly on us? As though by your own power or holiness, we had made this man to walk the God of Abraham and of Isaac and Jacob and our God of fathers have glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Peter's saying this, why are you so shocked? We told you this is who Jesus was. Jesus tried to tell you that he was a son of God. Jesus, when he walked on this earth for those three and a half years before you crucified him, he told you he had power. You knew he did miracles. And what Peter is saying is, why are you so surprised by what you see? This is who Jesus said he was. He has the power to, to make the lame walk. He has the power to cause the blind to see and the deaf to hear. This is Jesus. Remember him? And this is almost a little sarcastic, Peter saying, that Jesus. Remember him, the one you crucified? The one you put on the cross? He said in verse number 14, but ye denied the Holy One, the just, and desired a murder to go granted unto you and killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. In his name through faith, in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before hath showed by the mouth of all his prophets, 
that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. He says in verse number 19, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. Would you bow in prayer with me this morning as we look into God's word? Father in heaven, we wanna, we wanna ask that your spirit would meet with us this morning. Lord, we thank you for each person that's here. And we, we understand that each one's here by divine appointment. This is the place that you would have them to be this morning. This is the message that you would have them to hear. And so, Holy Spirit of God, we pray that you would move in our midst. I pray that you would convict. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, encourage. Lord, each person here, a room full this size, with this many people have different needs. And Lord, I can't help everyone, but you can. And so we pray that your spirit would fall upon us. I pray that your spirit would speak into the hearts of each man and woman here today. And Lord, I pray that you would give us something from your word that would challenge us, encourage us, and help us today in our walk, our Christian life. We thank you for each mom that's here. Lord, I pray today would be a special day for them. Lord, we've seen moms, new moms. This is their first Mother's Day. We've seen moms that have been uh, moms for decades. And whether the case is a first mom or many years, we pray that their day today would be a special day with special memories. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you'll uh, just help us. We need you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Peter and John, they were just two chapters earlier in, in chapter number one of this book. They were afraid. Jesus had just been crucified. He had been placed into the grave. The Roman soldiers executed Jesus. And now this new Christianity, these followers of Jesus, they have this new message. And the religious leaders of this day are not interested in all of the disciples giving this message of repentance through Jesus Christ. They don't want anything of it because it's messing up their religion. And so the, the Roman soldiers, the Rome, Rome is occupying Jerusalem and Israel at this time, and, and they had crucified Jesus. And there, so there is fear, and, 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 and rightly so. The one that they had been following, had, they just saw beaten they saw him scourged. They saw him whipped. They saw him placed upon that cross. They saw him just go through a brutal crucifixion. And in, we'll find as well, and later on in this book, we'll find that those disciples, those that are following Jesus Christ, they're put to death for their faith in Christ. See, following Jesus wasn't easy then. It's not easy now. There's places around this world the same thing could happen. Those that are following Jesus Christ could face death could face persecution. And so Peter and John and the rest of the apostles and those that are following Jesus, they're, they're afraid and they're, they're, they're in an upper room, the Bible tells us in the first chapter and second chapter of Acts, and they're in fear of their life. But something changed and we saw that the day of Pentecost came and the spirit of God came upon them and 3,000 people trusted Christ as their savior that day. The gospel message was preached and people were saved. And there's something now that's happening. Peter and John are now in a public place. Matter of fact, they're going to the temple. They're in a place that, that others are all around. 
I want you to write these three things down as we study these things. The first thing is this, a healthy church, there's boldness to live out their faith. In a healthy church, there's boldness to live out their faith. You see, when Peter and John came to this temple, they had, a, they had a choice. They could have gone in and just privately prayed and no one would have known anything. People might not have known they were followers of Christ. They just could have gone about their business without causing any interruption or any, any, any change at all. They could have just gone in and came out. But these disciples, something was different about them. Now that the Holy Spirit had come upon them, now that the day of Pentecost had come, now that God is, is growing that church daily, these disciples, they were bold to live out their faith. You see, there's so many Christians today, they, they, want to, they want to be Christians, but privately. They'll be Christians in their home as long as nobody knows about it. They'll, they'll, they'll follow the Lord, but not tell anybody about it. You see, here, here in this passage of Scripture, we find that this healthy church had a boldness about them. They, they had to tell everyone they could who Jesus Christ was. And this wasn't an easy message. Because what Peter is saying to these that crucified him, we believe in Jesus, the one that you put to death. This is a message that's bold. And in, in every one of us, we ought to be bold in our message of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for us. You see, in verse number 11, the Bible says, look there with me again. And as this lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people, all the people that were there ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. You know what I find in this portion of scripture? Their faith was so bold that it caused a commotion to, with everyone else around. I wonder how bold you are in your faith. Does your faith, does your stand for God, does your stand for Christ, does your salvation cause a commotion? Does it change people around you? Do they notice that there's something different because of who you worship? Look with me in verse number 16. The Bible goes on to say this, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Listen, our faith, our faith should be lived out and it should make a difference in other people's lives. It wasn't just this lame man that it made a difference in his life. It was everyone around. Listen, our faith, we should be so bold in our faith that not just uh, uh, those that uh, individuals around us, but, but it should make an impact so that all those around see that there's something about what Jesus Christ has done for us. You see, this isn't about Peter and John and, and who they are. This isn't about Peter and John and their power. And that's what Peter says. What are you so amazed about? This isn't anything we've done. Don't, 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 don't look at me and think that I'm someone special. Look at Jesus, because this is who Jesus is. This is what he's done for me, and this is what he's done for this lame man. And if he's done it for me, and he's done it for this lame man, then Jesus Christ can do the same thing for you as well. You see, there's boldness. A healthy church, it's bold in living out their faith. You're not just this lame man, but all that knew him saw the power of God. Listen, we ought to live out our life in such a way where people see God working in our life. That's how others will see God. God intends for his children, for those that are believers, those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, he intends for you to live out your faith in such a way so those that don't know Jesus see Jesus working in your life, and that then tells them that Jesus could do the same thing for them. God never intended his people 
to live secret lives. Well, would you get that this morning? If you're a believer in Christ, God never intended you once you got saved to be secret about it. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, if you can find the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 11. Boy, when I go to Hebrews chapter number 11, I get convicted. Say, uh, keep your place there in Acts. Don't, don't lose your place. But go to Hebrews chapter number 11, and I want you to look with me in verse number 33, if you would, please. This is called the faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11 is a, is a, is a book written about men and women that, that had strong faith, that lived their faith out, that lived a bold life. They said, the Bible says in verse number 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bounds in imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They were wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. These are people that lived out their faith. They were bold. And they, and they went through this, this persecution. They, they were killed for their faith. They, they were killed for following after God. They were killed for, for preaching the gospel or preaching that, that the Messiah would come. They, they, they gave their life. You see, Christianity isn't meant for us to just bottle it up. And as long as I have it and my family has it, we're good. Ever since, ever since the prophets... They were boldly preaching that the Messiah was going to come. Ever since the New Testament church, they went around house to house telling people how they could receive everlasting life. You see, Christianity has never meant, it was never meant for us to be silent. It's always meant followers of God have always had a boldness about them to tell the truth. The Bible goes on to say this, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without, without us should not be made perfect. Look with me in verse number one. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Who's that great cloud of witnesses? It's all those that he just spoke about. The, how they live their life, what they gave up for the gospel, what they gave up to, to preach, what they gave up to live for God. He says, we're compassed about, or there's so many of those around, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The author of Hebrews, many believe it's Paul, he's saying to this to the church, he's saying, Put all those things aside and run this race, this Christian life. Run it with boldness. Looking unto Jesus, verse number two, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, Jesus went 
to the cross a despising thing. He was openly shamed. He went through all of that for you and for me. And we now are commanded, once we have become followers of Christ, we're commanded to live that type of boldness in our life as well. Oh, Christian, this morning, I pray God gives us a boldness. What we need in this generation more than anything else are Christians with a boldness to tell who Jesus is. In a healthy church, there's boldness to live out your faith. In a healthy church, number two, there's a message of conviction. Go back to the book of Acts with me, if you would, please. In the book of Acts, we find in verse number 14, Peter is, Peter is pointing the, the finger right at him. He says, but, but ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Remember when, when, when Jesus stood before Pilate and he said, here's Barabbas and here's Jesus and he, Barabbas is a murderer and, and they said, give us, let, let him go free, but crucify Jesus. And, and they let this murderer go free so that Jesus would have to go to the cross. And Peter says, you've done this. This happened because you've denied the Messiah. You've denied the Holy One. And you killed the Prince of Life. He says in verse number 16, in his name, through faith, in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. He says, and now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. And Peter is preaching this message of conviction. Peter didn't mince words here. Peter didn't try to sugarcoat it. These, these that were there that were looking astonished at this lame man now walking, Peter looks and he says, what are you surprised about? This is who Jesus is. That's what Jesus came for, to seek and to save. That was lost. Why are you so surprised that Jesus is doing what he said he was going to do? He said, I'll tell you why. Because you're the one that, that, that denied him. You're the one that put him on the cross. See, Peter wasn't preaching a feel-good message here. Peter is pointing his finger in their, in their face and saying, this is you. You've done this. He said, this man was healed by faith, and this faith came only in Jesus Christ, the, the one that you crucified, the one that you put to death. This is who Jesus is, and this is what you've done to Jesus. You see, a healthy church is a place where you come and the Holy Spirit of God works on your life. It's called conviction. Listen, you should not run when the Holy Spirit of God is convicting you. That's not a time for you to, to get up and, and leave. I, I've said this often in preaching. My, my aim is not to step on anybody's toes. My aim is right to your heart. When the Holy Spirit of God convicts you, that's the Holy Spirit of God wanting to change you. That's the Holy Spirit of God wanting to do something inside of you. 
Oh, listen, there's two groups of people here today, and everyone falls in one of two groups. You have either trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, or you have not trusted Christ as your Savior, and you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, but you're on one of two groups. And the Holy Spirit of God can speak to both groups. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not living for Christ, you're not living a life pleasing to him, the Holy Spirit of God should convict you. He should draw you back to him. He should point out your sin. He should point out that you're not doing what Jesus uh, has for you to do. He should be speaking to you. It's a good thing when the Spirit of God speaks to you. All as well, though, you might be not a follower of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you today as well. What the Spirit of God is doing is convicting you and showing you that you need a Savior that you are a sinner, that you need what Jesus Christ did upon the cross, that Jesus went to the cross and he shed his blood to be the payment of your sin. And if you by faith will trust him and, 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 and believe that he died for your sins, believe that he uh, was placed in the grave and he rose again, the Bible says that you too can be saved and the Holy Spirit of God is working today. I would never wanna be a part of a church where the Spirit of God wasn't present. It's not always easy. It wasn't easy for Peter to point his finger at these men and at these women saying, this is you, this is you that's denied the Holy One. This is you that crucified Jesus. You've done this. Why are you surprised at at what Jesus has done for this man when you crucified the one that healed this man? Listen to me, don't be comfortable in your sin, church. The Holy Spirit of God should convict. If there's a believer here today and you're living in known sin, and you think it's a secret, and you think no one knows about it, then you ought to expect the Holy Spirit of God to convict you when you come under preaching. Don't be comfortable with your bad choices. Paul said this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4, for the time will come when they, will, when they that will not endure sound doctrine, but after their lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears, and they shall turn their ears away from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Paul warned of the day that's going to come. He said, Timothy, there's going to be a day that's going to come where people aren't going to gather together because they want to get close to the Lord. Oh, they're going to, they're going to come under the name of religion. But they just want to hear a, an easy message, a soft message. Um, I'm, I, I fear that's what describes Christianity today. If we're not careful, many Christians today, they want to live their life however they want to live it. Come to church on Sunday and, and do their thing on Sunday and then leave and, and go out and live however they choose to live. But that's not the Christian life that God intends for you to live. God wants to fellowship with you every day. God wants to walk with you every day. God wants you to worship him every day. God wants you to spend time with him every single day. But sin separates us from God. Satan would rather you be comfortable with religion than you take a serious relationship with Christ. Listen, we're not preaching religion today. We don't preach religion from this pulpit. We don't believe that, that religion saves a person. We believe that Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ, is the only way to have fellowship with the Father. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, born of a virgin, come to this earth, went to the cross, lived a sinless life, and paid your sin debt and my sin debt upon the cross. We preach truth. And Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, I want you to be careful. 
There's a day that's going to come that people aren't going to want to hear it. Oh, they'll gather. They'll come together. Oh, maybe the Bible will even be opened. I, I had someone call me last evening and, and was listening to a, a preacher on TV or somewhere where they were listening, and he said to me, he said, make sense out of this, if you would, please. And he told me, and he, and, and, and he told me what this preacher was preaching, and the reality is, is after I listened, I said, that preacher is just twisting Scripture to make it fit what he wants. You, you can twist anything you want to make it, make, it, make it fit for you, but listen to me, we need to have the truth of God's word. We need the Holy Spirit of God to help us live this Christian life. We, we, we ought to want conviction. We ought to want truth. We ought to want to live the life that God intended for us to live. But oh, don't be a part of this that have itchy ears. Just tell me what I want to hear. Tell me everything's okay. Tell me I'm living a good life. Listen to me, we're sinners, and we need the grace of God in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit to speak to us. It's not easy. It's not easy to get up and preach against sin. You know, I read church growth books often. Probably read them too much. In many books that you'll find, they say things like, don't preach hard against sin. Matter of fact, don't preach against sin. Don't use the word sin. Can you imagine? This is preachers trying to tell other preachers, don't preach against sin. Don't use the word sin because it offends people. Listen to me, if you don't hear preaching against sin in church, where are you going to hear it? If you don't learn from church how to live a holy life, pleasing the Lord, where are you going to hear it? Listen, we need churches, a healthy church is a church where the Bible is preached and the Holy Spirit of God moves and conviction comes and, and, and those that are saved get right with God and those that aren't saved, they trust Christ as their, as their Savior. That's a healthy church. It's not easy to preach, thus saith the Lord, but it's the right thing. The only hope that we have for America, the only hope we have for this nation is if the church of Christ stands up with the Spirit of God and preaches the Word of God and conviction falls upon us. I love history, and I read a lot of history as well. I read of those, those days of yesteryear when great evangelists would stand Matter of fact, since I've been to Toledo, I found a picture, began to re read of a, a great revival that took place in, in, in here in Toledo. There was a tabernacle that was erected and more than 10,000 people got underneath of that tabernacle and a great revival took place and God saved many souls here and people got right with God right here. I've got a picture of it, a black and white picture of this 10,000 seat tabernacle. I long for God to do things like that again. The truth is every Sunday morning I sit in my office and I pray, God, send revival. Oh, if there's a Christian there that's not right with you, convict them today. Oh, if there's someone there that doesn't, has never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, convict them today. May we not just go through a religious ceremony when we gather here. May we not just go through the motions as we gather here. I don't ever want us to meet unless the Spirit of God is there with us. 
I don't ever want to preach from this book unless the Spirit of God is leading. And sometimes the things that are preached aren't easy to hear. Boy, like Peter, when Peter points his finger in the face of these and said, it's you, you've the one that done it. Listen to me, only then can people choose to get right with God. But how does a people get right with God if there's not a preacher with the power of God that's willing to preach the truth from God's word? The only hope we have, I, if you have any, any sense at all, you see the condition of this nation, and the only, the only hope this nation has is a healthy church where conviction falls. You see, a healthy church, there's a boldness to live out your faith. In a healthy church, there's a message of conviction. But it doesn't end there. I want you to look with me in verse number 19, if you would please. The Bible says this, repent ye. Repent ye therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the time of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. You see, there's a boldness. There's a boldness to live your faith. There's a message of conviction. And then number three, please write this down. There's a spirit of forgiveness. There's a spirit of forgiveness. You see, if a preacher got up and all he did was preach a, a, a convicting message and, and, and you were convicted and you said, all right, I, I, I'm a sinner and, and, and he doesn't tell you now what is next, then, then, then it, what a horrible thing that would be. I'm condemned. I'm no good. I'm a sinner. And once we come to that realization, I want you to know this, that Peter said that repent. There's, there's a spirit of forgiveness. Repent, be converted, that your sins be blotted out. Listen to me, I'm so glad that, I'm so glad that God blots out my sin. And I'm, I, I know you've got to be as well. Could you imagine living a life, a sinful life, and all of it following you around, all of it following you for all of eternity? And that's what Jesus Christ came for. He came to die for your sin. He came to, to pay your sin debt. Listen to me, when you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you, he blots out your sin. And when God sees you, he no longer sees you in your sin. He sees the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And he says, what sin? There is no sin in you. All I see is Jesus Christ. You see, so many people take what they've done in their past and they carry it all through their life. And they live a life of guilt. They live a life of shame. Some people say, I, I, I don't want to hear a message of conviction because I, I don't want to feel bad. Well, listen to me, you want to hear that message of conviction. And then the second part of that is this. There's a Jesus Christ that will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You see, a healthy church preaches that Jesus saves. Oh, you might come to a church like this and hear a message of, uh, against sin, but you know what you're also going to hear? That Jesus Christ forgives you of your sin. You might come to a church like this and you might get convicted, but you know what you're also going to hear? That Jesus Christ forgives you. Oh, a healthy church preaches that Jesus saves. A healthy church preaches that Jesus forgives. A healthy church preaches that Jesus heals. Oh, yes, we're scarred from our, our past. We're scarred from the decisions we made. But Jesus gives you healing. Jesus gives peace. Matter of fact, he said to his apostles, when I go, I'm going to send a comforter, and that comforter is going to come, and that comforter is the Holy Spirit of God. 
Listen to me, once you find Jesus and you trust him as your savior and he saves you, you don't have to be what you used to be. You don't have to live in past shame. You don't have to live in past guilt. Jesus heals you just like this lame man. When this lame man met Jesus, he was no longer the same as he used to be. For years, they'd bring this lame man and set him at the gate beautiful, and people would see him as they came and went. His family, the Bible says, would have to lay him there every day and then pick him back up every night and take him home. They'd have to care for him. They'd have to wash him. They'd have to feed him. They'd have to supply for him. Someone had to take care of this man. And that was a condition you and I were in before we met Jesus. We were helpless in our sin. There was no hope. But Jesus Christ came, and when he found you, he healed you. He made you right. Yes, you were dead in trespasses and sin, but if you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, he gives you new life. Jesus restores. You see, the things that we've broken in our life, Jesus sets back in order. When a person wants to get right with God, a healthy church makes room for them. I want you to know something. This is a packed room this morning. And I want you to know something, that in a room this size with this many people, there's not one perfect person, not one. My wife is pretty close, but she is not quite, not one perfect person. She's not even in here. I make fun of my son and he's sitting here. I give compliments to my wife and she's not in here. There's not a perfect person. I want you to know something. Every single person in this room, you're sitting in a room full of sinners. There's not a perfect person. You see, church isn't a museum to showcase all of us saints. The reality is this, church is a place where sinners come and find Jesus. Church is a place where sinners come and find hope. Church is a place where broken people come and can be restored. Not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus Christ is. Peter said, it's not because of me. It's not because of John. This is because of Jesus. Repent. Have you ever trusted Christ as your savior? You see, there's two groups of people. There's those that have trusted Christ as their savior and those that have not. And today I ask you this, have you realized that you're a sinner Have you realized that you need a savior? Have you realized that there is forgiveness of your sin? Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? We have some pretty wicked people here. We do. We have some pretty big sinners. I counsel our church, I can tell you. I'm kidding. We're not that bad. Are we, Keith? Are we that bad? We're that bad. Keith says we're that bad. Listen, we're sinners. But Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which were lost. You could be the dirtiest, rottenest sinner here today, and Jesus Christ still wants to save you. There's not a sin that you've ever committed that is too great that the love of Jesus Christ, what he displayed upon the cross, can't save you. He loves you. Realize that there's forgiveness of your sin. Realize there is salvation offered unto you. And by faith, trust Jesus Christ today. He said, if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The good news this morning is this. Every single person in this room, God wants to save. Jesus came and went to the cross for you. And all you have to do is by faith, trust him 
believe him. If you're a believer in Christ, you have been saved, but you're away from the Lord. 1 John 1, 9 says this, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and trust to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what the good news is this, all of us can have a close relationship with the Lord. Sin doesn't have to separate you from fellowship with God any longer, all because of Jesus. You see, in a healthy church, there's boldness to live your faith. In a healthy church, in a healthy church, there's preaching that causes conviction. And in a healthy church, there's a spirit of forgiveness. We're not here to judge a person. We're here to preach Jesus. If you'll trust him today, he'll make your life new and give you everlasting life. Would you bow with me in prayer?